Thank you for tuning in to The Balanced Creative. Please check out breathingspacecreative.com where you will find access to all of our episodes, the Nourishing Word blog, our Thrive coaching program, the Rise author care and wellness program, the Forever Writers Club, and all kinds of fabulous tools to help you become a balanced creative. My name is Shalene Knight, and I am founder of Breathing Space Creative Literary Studio, where we focus on building balance in our creative lives through mindset work, clarity, and healthy processes. I'm a writer, entrepreneur, publishing professional, a parent, and a huge lover of laughter, joy, and living my best life. So let's get down to it. Today, I want to talk about money. A very difficult conversation for many of us in general, but also when we're thinking about the unique industry of publishing, money is often a tense conversation. And so I want to spend a little bit of time talking about that today. And specifically, I want to talk about three ways to begin to build up your money mindset in an industry that wants you to remain broke. And so I say that with the most love and respect for the work that I do in this industry, but also there's often this feeling of money being scarce or money being held on to or money not being given to authors. And so I really just want to share not only my unique perspective and my unique experience, but to really get thinking about what this looks like for us as folks who are in this industry. And, you know, if you're listening to this and you are not a writer and you are not in the publishing industry, this is also something you can think about no matter what creative field you are in, in terms of what's important to you and your creative work that you put into the world. What do you want to get back from that? And I think we often look at money as the sole decider in terms of whether a project is worthy or whether or not a project has merit. And I would love to just kind of dive into this just a little bit more. So it's not easy to make a living from our art, which is why so many of us have other jobs. Acknowledging your current relationship with money is the first step to unlearning negative habits and creating the headspace for new goals and a fresh financial perspective. In this episode, we will focus on ways to face your current money mindset, brainstorm ways to make money from your art and your expertise, and set specific and achievable money goals and intentions. So I preface all of that by saying, I am not here to fix publishing. That is not my job. That is not something I'm interested in. That is not something one person can do. We have to look at all the different branches of the tree before we start digging up the roots. I am a firm believer in that. But being able to see inside of a really opaque industry does give me a slight advantage. Um, and I would love to just kind of see where this conversation goes. So I want to start with maybe sharing a little bit more about my personal negative past relationship with money and how that's kind of followed me around for 40 years. So I often think that we have this fear as a society of looking back, 
We don't want to look at the past. We want to move forward. You know, we have that cliched saying that the past is the past. But if we don't look back, we can't see our footprints in the sand. And again, that's something I say with love. How can we look back and pay attention to past experiences? How can we learn and unlearn and let go of old belief systems that no longer serve us if we don't look back? So when I think about my experience with money as a young girl, it was a really difficult time when I think about childhood and trying to, you know, have basic needs met, right? So that's the first thing where I look at how did I come into making sure I had what I need in order to thrive? That was a really tough part of my life. But when I look at how I saw money, how I viewed money, and how I looked at people who had money, it was really interesting to see a huge disconnect. So for me, when money would show itself or present itself to me at that young age, there was an immediate, immediate uh, response of fear. And when I say that, I mean fear of this money being taken from me, fear of not being able to use this money for what I've set it aside for, fear of it never coming back. And so this is a cycle that looking back, I wanted to break. I had this negative relationship with money out of a place of fear, but I didn't really know how to look at my money as a positive thing. And being 41 years old now, I'm able to look back, see my footprints in the sand and really begin to see where things started to shift and things started to change. So, you know, growing up, moving out, taking care of myself, getting my first apartment, working multiple jobs, but never really understanding one where money was coming from and definitely not understanding where it was really going or how to plan for the future, that same negative relationship carried over into my 20s and into my 30s. And so even if I was making money, I never really looked at it. So what does it mean to sit down and actually look at your money? When your money comes in, we all hear the same thing. We need to save money. We need to create a budget. We need to do all these different things, but nobody was talking about how to understand where the money was coming from and also understand how to build actual wealth. What does it look like to build wealth? That is not a conversation I am hearing anywhere, whether that is in publishing, whether that is in the creative community, we aren't talking about that. And so when I look back fairly recently and I look at where I am now, so I've purchased a house uh, that was not easy, my friends. So maybe I'll rewind just a little bit. I started to look at my money mindset. I got kind of sick and tired of experiencing fear every single time money would come my way, whether that was, you know, an extra bonus, something really small, maybe a few hundred dollars to something quite big, like a writing grant, right? So how did I change my relationship with money? The first thing that I did is I scheduled time. No, I don't want to say scheduled. Hold on. I want to say I prioritized time to sit down with my money. And, you know, I wrote down, I started by writing down some of my past money mistakes. What have I done in the past that is now currently holding me back? Let me go ahead and do a little bit of free writing on that. 
I also did some writing around the fear attached to me receiving money. What is happening here? Why am I so fearful of getting ahead? What is it that's causing me to have this negative relationship with money? So I did a ton of work in terms of building a foundation for myself through clarity, being able to clearly see where money was coming from, where it was going, and what I wanted for myself in the future. So it became for me less about saving money and more about learning how to benefit from the money I already had. And so I remember I was scrolling on Instagram. This is what we all do, right? And I was scrolling on Instagram and I think this was probably in the summer this year, just kind of, you know, doing the whole brainless thing. And I came across Ashley Fox talking about her company, Amplify, and the community that she runs from that, the wealth builders community. And I was just so fascinated by her story and how she was talking about building wealth and how you didn't need to have a lot of money to get started. But it's this whole idea of transparency, which is something we value at Breathing Space Creative, being able to break something down for its parts and really look at each individual moving mechanism and say, well, what is this? And how does this connect to this thing over here that I'm interested in? And so I signed up for the boot camp and within, I think it was a six week boot camp. And I began to learn at the beginner level what it means to invest and, you know, to be able to put my money aside and have my money essentially working for me. So if I have money, do I want to have that in a savings account or do I want to have that in a place that is going to pay me dividends? And so I'm not going to get into a whole investment thing here, but having that access at the introductory level where there is no shaming and there is no saying this community is not for you or you don't belong here. It's this idea of calling people in, asking folks what they really need and what's really important to them, giving folks permission to let go of past money mistakes and that we don't have to carry those things into our future. It's all of those things that opened a door for a new learning. And for me, that is where I really began to look at not only the money that was coming in to me as a writer, but all these different avenues of, of, of income that I was relying on to live my life. Right. I began to be very intentional about that. And even, you know, that even connected to speaking up for myself as an author and speaking up for myself as someone who doesn't have a day job. And I'm putting that in air quotes. I've committed to all these different streams of income because of that root of self-trust and that mindset work that I've done. I don't know many people who would just up and quit their day job and give their all to a creative outlet and be open to doing creative adjacent work in order to make a living. That is incredibly difficult. It is not for everyone, but I've done the foundational work of building up a particular mindset and that there is no end to that work. That is something I really want to say as loud as I can, that there is no end to that mindset work. And I say that because we will all face moments of uncertainty, moments where we feel like we want to drop everything, or moments of, I can't do this anymore. Moments of, I'm tired of not knowing when money is coming in. Why am I doing this? And if we don't have that self-trust and we don't have that mindset work down, it's so easy for us to drop everything. And so these are all the things that I think about when I'm thinking about money now. It's not just how much I should be paid. It's not just 
why I'm not being paid enough for this particular thing. These are all issues and these are all things we definitely have to address, but we have to first go backwards and look at our own relationships with money. What is stopping us from making the money that we deserve? What are the issues connected to mindset that won't allow us to ask for money when there is an opportunity to negotiate certain things, whether that's you selling a piece of your art whether that's you booking a gig somewhere, you know, how are we able to really find ways to create an environment where we feel comfortable, where we feel confident in doing this work? So that's what I've been thinking about. And, you know, I think it's so important to really just prioritize sitting with our money. And so for those of you that follow me and follow Breathing Space Creative on Instagram, you will likely have seen the posts about money mindset, but also the post about setting aside catered time to actually dive into your finances. And so every month I have a scheduled meeting with myself. It's a full on session. It's a few hours where I've created this list of money tasks that I want to do every single month. And that is actually prioritized in my calendar. It's blocked out. I believe it's about three hours once per month. And so if people are trying to book a meeting with me, they will not be able to book a meeting during that time. And you see, that's me prioritizing that and not saying, okay, well, you know what? I'll just move this around and squeeze this meeting in. I don't do that. When it comes to the money mindset work, which I have labeled money love, let me say that again, money love right? And it's something as simple as just giving it a new language. So I don't really like to use the word budget. I don't like to say retirement. I don't like to use a language that creates a negative ripple in my heart and in my head. And so I build a language for myself around these kinds of activities and it makes it exciting for me. It makes me want to sit down and look at my year and say, okay, where was the money coming from and where does that put me right now? And how can I pay myself first? Right? So we're all going to have unique situations in terms of, you know, where does our money come from? Again, for me, I don't have that steady paycheck of a day job. Every single avenue that I've chosen um, to receive income from is uncertain. And so I even have a section of my money love that requires me to be a bill collector and chase people and ask questions about where the money is. And that's not fun. And so I decided that was something also that was degrading for me and I didn't enjoy that. So I've outsourced that. And even though I have to pay someone to help me track down my money and manage a part of my accounts, I feel like that was an investment in myself because it opened up not only a window of time, but it opened up a window of no longer having to sit inside of that negative act that was taking way too much from me. I didn't enjoy that. And so because I value my time and the work that I'm doing, I needed to remove that task from my plate. So that's the one thing that I didn't want to continue doing. And when I was doing that money mindset reflection and asking myself, what is it about sitting down with my money that scares me? What is it that's creating this fear? A small part of that was not wanting to ask for the money that was due to me. So I rectified that, right? So it's often, there's often something smaller inside of the big fear. And if we can find what that small thing is and be able to remove the small thing, we're creating more space for us to operate authentically. So that was a huge learning for me. So when we think about being able to 
have conversations about money in the publishing industry, what is it that's causing that friction and why don't we want to talk about money? And again, I really think it comes down to being transparent about how the industry itself works. I think it comes down to talking about pros and cons of large advances, which for some reason we also don't want to talk about. I think it comes down to more transparency about how the roles inside of publishing work. What do agents do? What do in-house editors do? What does the marketing and publicity team do, right? We don't often know what each of these folks are responsible for. We don't know how folks are being paid. We don't know what the business models are for certain things. And yet we're all angry and upset that nobody is getting the money that they want. Fair enough. I understand that. But why are we not willing to have a conversation about how these systems have been built? Why are we not willing to have a conversation about what's not working? And I have an idea here too, folks, and I'm just going to plant a little seed, but I actually have started to plan a future episode on this where I want to talk about how hiring inside the publishing industry, so how hiring outside the box can actually create a space where we are not making the same mistakes over and over again. So when we think about publishing, we know when certain people reach a certain role, they're going to hang on there. They're not going to go anywhere, right? So we're not creating space for fresh ideas. And when we do, we're moving the same kind of people who are thinking in the same way. We're moving them up the ladder and we're not calling in folks who have a unique perspective or who will have a fresh look and be able to see something and step back and say, wait a minute. Why are we doing it this way? Why don't we try this? And so I've reserved a whole episode for that. I'm excited about it. But we're talking about money. We're talking about money mindset. And we're, we're talking about how to come to the table with solution-based conversations. So I am of the mindset that I am not interested in being angry on social media or, you know, I think it's important to be able to have a space where you can feel. And I do that all the time. I'll use Twitter when I'm feeling something, but it is not my intention to derail someone. It is not my intention to call out. I don't believe in that. Instead, I like to come to the table with some kind of a solution based message. So, you know, I think about the work that I do, no matter what hat I'm wearing and kind of dismantling old systems one bolt at a time. So that means, you know, Think of the inner workings of a watch. If you were to, you know, pull that face back and look inside, you might see a hundred different parts moving, you know, in sync. And I picture myself kind of poking at one of those parts or maybe adding a little bit of oil, right? So it's moving a little bit smoother, but nobody sees that work. But that's the work that I choose to do. And that's the way that I choose to slowly create change because I feel like it will have a long lasting effect versus being out there, being upset and being angry and then having change come quickly, but out of a place of fear and out of a place of, and I'm using air quotes again, damage control, right? So we want to stop this spinning wheel. And so we come up with a Band-Aid solution not interested in that. So if it means that I have to do this work behind the scenes and no one really sees it until we start to see the change on the surface, that's the work I'm here to do. So again, thinking about the publishing industry, thinking about money, how do we help authors find ways to make money not connected to their book, 
Okay, so we know that some authors are going to get larger advances and some authors are not. Some of the advances are going to be paid in multiple payments. We all know all of this stuff and I'm not here to talk about that. I'm here to come to the table with a possible solution. So how can we help authors make money in a way that feels great for them, in a way that gets them excited about the industry and also re-infuses a layer of hope? So we're not saying, okay, this industry is completely broken. Nobody can make money as a writer. I don't want that conversation to ever get airtime. I want to talk about possible solutions. So I believe in coming together, thinking about ways to help writers get grants. And I've commissioned a writer who was super successful with grants. And I had her create a free grant guide that folks can download from the Breathing Space Creative website. And inside of that grant guide are examples of how to really think about your project and how to present it to a granting body, right? So I think tools like that become incredibly helpful when we're thinking about wanting to help authors make money and make a living. So that's one small way that we can create a resource for um, authors. I also think about how we come together and talk about paid writing gigs, right? So we also have a paid blog, the Nourishing Word blog, where folks can write something small, write something, you know, helpful for other creatives and be paid a little bit of money for that work. And again, it's not a huge chunk of money, but it is still showcasing the fact that we value the creator for their time, their energy, and we're giving them something. And so for me personally, you know, thinking about where I want Breathing Space Creative to go. I'm always thinking about ways to help authors uh, financially and, and to help creatives in general. And so I make a plan to increase the amount of money that I can pay authors every year. So we started out, I think we were at $35 for, you know, a short little piece on the blog and we're now at $75. And it's small movements, but it's a movement and, it, and, and a movement that we're not going to just drop. Right. So being very open and honest about that, I am a for profit business. Breathing Space Creative is a for profit business. I do not receive grants to be able to do that and to be able to pay writers for the blog that has to come out of the money that I make. And so if I don't make money, then how can I pay other people? Right. So, again, we have to think about all these different things. We cannot make assumptions. Um, I think that we might look at or compare ourselves to another writer. But again, we don't know what they had access to. We don't know the everyday situation that they're moving through. We just don't know. And I don't know about all of you, but I get super annoyed when people make assumptions about me. It diminishes the work that we've done. It kind of shrinks the struggle that maybe we've gone through. And, and it could be a struggle that hasn't been public on social media. And so folks want to make the assumption that everything was easy breezy. And that's not the case. So as you can see, this conversation around money is so big and so bold. It is not something that can be, you know, I think condensed to a single episode. But before I go off into a big money rant, I want to go ahead and go back to the core of this episode, which is three clear cut ways to start your money mindset work. So step one, figure out 
what your current relationship to money looks like. What do you need to shift? So again, go back and maybe think of three of the biggest money mistakes that you've made and free write to those things. What happened? Were you rushed in your, you know, decision-making process? What was it? What decisions really created this negative relationship? Or flip that coin, what created this positive relationship that you have with money? Just figure out what your current relationship looks like now and how it got to that point. So that's step one. Step two, call in community. And I want to preface that by saying not everyone will be kind or welcome in your journey, but call in the people who will. For example, when I started to learn more about investing, I've had people close to me saying, oh, you don't want to do that. You know, you could lose all your money and in just this kind of unhelpful uh, narrative that I wasn't interested in without asking the right questions. And so I can tell really quickly whether someone is actually interested in this new learning or this new journey that I'm taking or if they're immediately looking for ways to shut it down. And so when I say call in community, it means be intentional about the people that you share these ideas with and who will support you and want to see you succeed. Okay, so that's step two. And then step three is unlearn past mistakes and forgive yourself for past mistakes. So again, those three are just the first steps. So figure out what your current relationship to money looks like. Call in the right community and begin to let go of and unlearn past mistakes and forgive yourself for past mistakes. So these are just the first steps. Again, the actual money making is a separate process, but we often skip the foundational work uh, because we are in a world where instant gratification is what we expect. And I know y'all be ordering from Amazon and, and, and 30 minutes later looking out your door to see if it's there. Like that's kind of where we are right now, right? But there's a price to pay for all of that convenience. And again, the first step is going back and looking at that foundational work that maybe we've yet to do. What has conditioned us to want something immediately without even knowing where that thing is coming from? And so maybe we'll take a few minutes here just to even think about money in terms of using your expertise. So I know I mentioned that I really want to see conversations out there around how to help authors and creatives in general come up with ways to make money that maybe isn't a way that isn't connected to selling their book. So what do you love doing and how can you monetize it? Friends, I started Breathing Space Creative because I absolutely loved helping and working with writers. For me, it was like it didn't really matter what phase of the writing process you were in. I was so obsessed with just being a support for writers. And that was exactly how I started Breathing Space Creative. It was born from that desire. And when I saw the need for the work that I was doing, I told myself, hey, listen, you can build something big from this. And it's taken years and it's taken a lot of self-talk, friends. Like I've had to talk myself off the ledge many a times and that doesn't disappear. Just last week, I was like, well, you know, <laughs> what would happen if I just decided to open my nourishing bird chicken shack? Like, let's take a minute. Just think about that. Like I literally just gave myself a moment of silence to think about that. But 
we have to really think about what's important to us as creatives. What do we love doing? What do we get energy from? And how can we monetize that? So even something as simple as figuring out how to charge properly and how to stop worrying about accommodating everyone. So here's a big one. And as someone who also works with writers who are interested in starting their own, you know, maybe editing business or they're interested in monetizing the skills that they have, the first question I always get when I'm working with these folks is, well, how do I how do I get people to pay me for this? Nobody wants to pay me for this. How do you how how can I do that? And I think this is where my radar kind of goes off. And this is where burnout begins, because we second guess ourselves. We have this fear of charging what we think we should be charging because we don't want to create a barrier for someone else. This is exactly what happened to me when I was first getting started. I was lowballing myself and saying, okay, I don't mind to spend 50 hours working on this project, but I'm only going to charge you X, Y, and Z. And so in doing that, I was basically setting myself up to fail because I wasn't giving myself one enough time and I wasn't paying myself enough to thrive. And so I had to learn over the years that in order for me to come back and accommodate and support community and give back, I had to take care of myself first. So there's often this pressure to, you know, and especially myself as a marginalized creator, I want to support other women of color. I want to support folks with different socioeconomic backgrounds. But if I'm not first taking care of myself and making sure that I have what I need, how can I then be expected to discount a service, right? And so that's where I started to feel burnout because I felt this pressure to give, give, give without taking care of myself. So when I learned that I needed to value the work I was doing, I needed to set my rates where I know they belonged. And so I began to place a price on the outcome that my clients were going to experience in terms of the breathing space creative work that I do and not charge, you know, for example, well, here's my hourly rate, right? Because what you're doing is you're setting yourself up to get better at a task, to become more efficient and to do that task quicker, but to then not be compensated for that increase in efficiency. And so that's something that we really have to think about. But again, these are the smaller inner workings and the smaller details in terms of making sure that we're paid what we deserve to be paid. But this is the foundational work that we have to do. And so also thinking about sharing with communities, right? So we've taken care of ourselves. We've done the necessary work to make sure we have what we need. Then we can come back and contribute to our communities. So Breathing Space Creative now offers annual workshops for free. And those are four or five different workshops that we have every season. But we have to make sure that we are equipped to do that, right? So we can't start out doing that work unless, of course, we have funding and we're a nonprofit, whatever. If you are not a nonprofit, every hour that you're putting out there is someone sticking their hand in your back pocket and taking money from your grocery bill, taking money from your electric bill. And so you need to make sure that when you are showing up, you are showing up in a place or from a place of full. So that's something to think about too. Again, this money conversation is big, but these are all of the adjacent branches that we need to be touching before we're digging up the roots. So in my mind, these are just ways to get started. This is by no means 
some kind of a big solution, but the solution is attached to going back, looking at your footprints in the sand and saying, what led me here and how can I begin to build up this mindset work so that I can then begin to look at monetizing and creating a sustainable income as a healthy creative. So, you know, I want to end this by talking a little bit about how to say no with love. And so I always say, when you say no to someone else or to a project, if it means you're saying yes to yourself, then go ahead and say no. So I'm really looking forward to continuing these kinds of conversations. So why don't we go ahead and slip into a mindset minute? What does your ideal relationship with money look like? Take some time today to dream this out. And I want to go ahead and leave you with my tip of the day. Having more money isn't going to solve your problems if the original problem is money itself. Do the mindset work. Until next time, don't forget, mindset is everything.